So, Joe, since we were talking about mid-80s baseball, that's like my wheelhouse. Do you know the famous Tommy Herr story? You remember Let Tommy Herr, right? For the, uh, for the one of my favorite players. Yeah, one of the uh, only guy ever to get to 100 RBI without hitting 10 home runs. So this is a this is a true story. His this was like right in the prime when he was an all star and stuff. His wife was giving birth and he was there with her and the baby came out and it looked like maybe Vince Coleman was the dad. Oh no! Oh my gosh! Yeah, and ever since then that happened. He basically he just kind of disappeared. Look up that story sometime. It's kind of a famous oh. story. Dude, we should do an episode paternity? on that. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> Jedi! If you saw but Tommy Her and that baby looks uh, like <laughs> Vince Coleman, you don't need a paternity test. Trust me. What's up, Marks? It's Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond. Todd and Jedi back once again. And tonight, our topic of today is something that both of us cannot seem to understand at all. Who, what, where, and why. But we won't leave any stone unturned, that's for sure. We'll be talking about the mysterious Stonehenge. So check us out on social media, Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond. This is what? Episode 4, Season 2. It's starting to get fun. We're going to get some more uh, serial killers, crimes. So before we get into Stonehenge, I was just thinking about the Novak Djokovic. What's that story, Joe? Uh, yeah, so uh, Novak Djokovic, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, is the reigning Australian Open champion, a chance to also set a record for most singles uh, with 21. He got an exemption to go to Australia, and Australia is very tight on their rules as far as who comes in. Uh, being he was a defending champ, he had gotten a negative test. However, that was a rapid test. He also had taken a PCR test, got the results of that a day or so later, found out he was positive, and didn't tell anybody. And he went on a, a shoot with a tennis magazine and didn't tell any of them that he was positive for COVID. And then he <laughs> went to Australia and tried to present them with the negative test and they were somehow able to match up his thing. Uh, and they figured out that he had COVID he wasn't vaccinated. So he was detained and, uh, is, is now being uh, sent out of the country. So he's basically going to miss out on the Australian yep. open. Yep. And tennis is crazy now because I think the the three leading singles champions are all guys that are playing currently in you know what I mean? It's Federer. I mean, current guys. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yep. They have like 30 majors between them, or at least. <laughs> <laughs> but do you watch tennis at all, Joe? I used to be a big tennis fan back in the Agassi, Boris Becker days. Yeah. yeah. Like that was definitely uh, my way. I still kind of follow it now, especially with all that's been going on lately. You can't help but kind of delve back into it. So what do you think of that? Do you think he should be kicked out? Yes. Yes, you. If you have COVID, you can't go places, especially if they have like super tight restrictions on COVID. I mean, they probably yeah. shouldn't even have had the tournament. Period. Um, but 
I don't know. You know, they're they they're very particular about the rules. They gave him an exemption. They were willing to give him an exemption, and then he lied and misrepresented that he didn't have COVID when he did, and now he's in trouble. So that was stupid. It was a stupid move on his part. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. I I kind of thought he got deported because he wasn't vaxxed. I didn't realize he tested positive for COVID. I didn't well, know that so, either. Right. So that's initially that people were like, oh, this is baloney. You know, they gave him an exemption. They knew he wasn't, a, you know, he wasn't vaccinated. And that, again, that wasn't the issue. They literally granted him an exemption because they wanted him to be able to defend his title. And uh, it, there wouldn't have been a problem, but he got COVID and then just didn't tell anybody. If he would have told people he had COVID and he would, he went to Australia with COVID, Todd. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. quarantine. <laughs> they caught him right. like not quarantining too. It's like, dude, he did everything you could do with COVID that will get you deported. Yeah, and Jedi, I think you're in you're in California. I think Australia is like California times ten, probably. <laughs> well, Hawaii is worse. I mean, they went back to getting. Um, I think the governor said that you need a booster to be considered vaccinated so you can't do anything without those booster shots you must take those booster shots in order to be considered fully vaccinated in hawaii wow yeah i'm sick i'm sure you guys are the same way i'm sick of living like this there's so many things i want to do yeah. and i'm like can i book my tickets to florida in a couple months is it something that like possibly might not happen or i still want to go to the globe trotters next month with my daughter but is it going to be canceled it's just Sucks living like this. This might upset some people, but I recently got a buddy of mine. He just two days ago got his second vaccination. He was very against it. And I've been on his case. His um, sister and cousin both got it and were deathly ill from it. And they were like, oh, my God, no, this is real. And I had been talking to him about it for months. And he was like, don't tell anybody. He was like, I think I'm just going to get it. And I'm not even going to tell people I got it. And it's like. I hate that that's where we're at in this country, but uh, I'll keep your secret. You know what I mean? Just please get the freaking vaccine so we can, because I really do. I'm, I, I'm, I'm beyond the, like, the liberty thing, you know? I want my rights as much as the next guy, believe me. But I, I really, I yeah. just want to go get a hamburger without wearing a mask, you know? I'd like that. <laughs> so, Joe, how's your political show going? Um, very well. I um, I'm very excited. Uh, we we did a relaunch and we brought on a a former U.S. Marine. He's a real conservative. Um, he's not a Trump lunatic. He he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? I because I can't I can't with those people. Like I'll have a conversation with you, but you know he can't be your Christ. I don't right. I don't go like I voted for Joe Biden tonight's episode. We did an episode tonight, which will which will drop audio wise tomorrow. Um. I gave terrible grades to Joe Biden, but I'm not upset about it, even though I voted for him, because I had low expectations going in. <laughs> he just wasn't Trump. And Mitch McConnell said it this week. America didn't want you to reinvent the wheel. They just didn't want crazy. And so just you're not doing all your whatever big plans, new green. You're not doing any of that. Just let's have a couple of years of calm and then we'll get back to the shitstorm in two years. So I always laugh that Jedi isn't on social media, Joe. She's missing all this. Because I don't, like I said, I, I always tell you, I don't, I don't watch the news, but you get enough on social media. I'm on this golf Facebook page. It's a golf, it's a golf page. We talk about hole-in-ones, rounds, anything. There's like the other day, someone just posts a picture of Biden with clown makeup. Just, you know, the trolls, you know what I mean? 
And then you look in the comments, there's a bunch of like people laughing. And then you get someone saying, um, oh, yeah, you were probably there on January 6th. And then there's responses what? to that. Oh, my God. But then there's Joe, there's responses to that. Like, oh, were you in line for your 14th booster? It's, and then like, <laughs> you, you know how people are now. Everything yeah. Well, I'm like on YouTube political... and it's oh, they have the, co- yeah, the comments like that on YouTube as well. Yeah. Jedi, if we, there was a Stonehenge page, it would eventually turn into that. <laughs> it's like everything now. Right. And it's so funny. Joe, you see the people um, arguing like against Trump. They always have the, the vaccination um, filter on their Facebook profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what the world is now. My friend Dan told me that he's had a lifelong friend of like over 30 years and they, he just can't be friends anymore because I forget which way he is, but his best friend is just always so political the other way. And he's like, I just can't do it. It's kind of crazy. Over this last summer, I dropped people on both sides of the aisle. Um, yeah. You know, because I found some of the people on the right, like, dude, I mean, you got to own some of this. You know, You're, you you guys are very responsible for a lot of the bad stuff that's happening. And for, for the people on the left, even when they agree with me, sometimes I still find them insufferable to the point where I, it just, I just can't. And I did. I literally... um good friends of ours who I'm we're going to hang out with. And I'm sure the wife's going to want to know why I, <laughs> I blocked her. Uh, but I just, you're insufferable and I can't stand any of your posts. Yeah. You make me want to support Trump. Sometimes that's how yeah, infuriating well, and idiotic your posts are. I know what you mean. There's this girl I'm friends with, I mean, up to two years ago, I couldn't have told you any of my friends, political views. I, I had no idea, but now there's so many people, this girl, every possible thing it's like extreme left it's like i think um you know the transgender the girls should be able to play like ufc against the guy you know what i mean and then it's like i i wrote a song about um the what's the new name of the holiday the um what's columbus day now that people say it is oh uh yeah native uh, indigenous people's day or whatever right yeah. which is fine but every single solitary like view she has to have like the extreme it's like do you really feel that way? Or are you just going that way? Cause you have to be that way. Yeah, no, I hate that. And and I, I think I've told you this, I'm a descendant of Columbus. And yeah. so, uh, you know, for Italian people, we take great pride in, in Christopher Columbus and, and his accomplishments. And the sad part is his, and that could be its own show on, on this podcast. He was not an explorer. He was a marauder. That's the reason he handed out smallpox blankets and stole and took slaves like the king and queen of spain paid him not not where he lived in in genoa italy he went to the portuguese first and they were like nah you're not really good at this uh you're not much of an explorer (laughs) we'll hire vasco da gama so uh and said uh the king and queen of spain isabella Ferdinand, they were like here's a bunch of money some ships go bring us some shit um when when we were sold the idea as kids that Christopher Columbus was an explorer, and then you hear the stories, you're like, oh, my God, what a horrible person. But if you think of Christopher Columbus as what he was, a fucking pirate, then he was really good at his job. Oh, yeah. They make they make him out to look like just the worst person ever now. <laughs> yeah. And again, if you put it in context, back in the day, 1492, yeah. people were like, dude, Columbus, get shit done. 
You know, you want to you want to go out there and claim some land, get some gold. That's your guy. He yeah. was, dude. He didn't. So he, you know, he he didn't know where he was going. He thought he was taking a back route to China. Like that's mm-hmm. how bad he was at navigation. He didn't know where he was. Wherever he landed, he was just gonna take it. It didn't matter where he was. You know what I mean? He called the Native Americans Indians because he not only didn't know where he was, when he found out, he didn't give a shit. Hmm. So basically he got lost. Yes. He did. <laughs> and he landed, he landed in the Caribbean. It was like, yeah, I'll take this. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. All right. So Jedi, tell us a tell us a little bit about Stonehenge. Well, Stonehenge is England's most mysterious artifact. About a million people visit it a year. It's from the Neolithic ages, and it's over 5,000 years old. And um, they said it was created before the Egypt pyramids. Each stone weighs anywhere from 20 to 70 tons. But what we see that's left is only the remaining 25% of what was originally there. I always was curious about what the hell these stones, you know, what was the purpose of these stones? I, 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 could, I can't figure it out even till now, even watching all these documentaries, I'm, I'm still, you know, perplexed as what they were actually used for. Yeah. <laughs> no explanation so- is 100%. Yeah, and I'm all in on the conspiratorial part of this because I still don't understand why people would spend their whole lives moving these rocks. We'll get into that. (laughs) But it's the most architecturally sophisticated and only surviving lintelled stone circle in the world. Do you know what lintelled means, Jedi? No. It's basically the thing on the top, the horizontal support on top. So the so they long, how they, they got that they, up there. Yeah, built it. Like they, they carved pigs and then it, they did a tongue and groove architecture. So the the rocks lock within one another. So that that's fascinating. The fact that they were able to figure that out and move those stones on top of each other. But the thing about moving them is they weren't close by. The smaller stones, the blue stones were 180 miles away, and the big ones, like the 30 plus ton ones were like 15 to 20 miles away yeah did did you see how long it took um like how long this whole project took no it was like for years i just yeah it was like so yeah if you think about i mean i'm guessing back then you must only lived about i don't even know 40 years 30 40 years so picture working on something and okay you're working on this but it's not going to be done until like your grandkids 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 times 50 like are still alive i mean imagine working on something you know there's like no end in sight yeah and it's not like that they had advanced tools you know they they were using what wood ropes human strength i mean it's amazing it it makes no sense you couldn't pull, pull it up with a thousand guys it doesn't seem so, yeah, I'm wondering where the missing stones went. Did you see anything about that? No, I just, I know that they found holes around in different areas and then that, that they found a, a second set or in the original place. So that's what they thought that was the original site. And then I was hearing that there's like a wood, a wood hinge. Yes. And representing the living and the stone hinge represented the dead so i thought that was odd (laughs) 
Yeah, so I'm going to go over the five most likely reasons for Stonehenge, which the first one was a place for burial. It was a cemetery for the elite. They know people were definitely buried there. And researchers have exhumed over 50,000 bones. So that's the first one. The second one is a place for healing. In 2008, archaeologists recovered a large number of skeletons that showed signs of illness. How do you think they could tell it was signs of illness? They probably studied their the bones. Yeah, I was gonna say with bones, you could find obviously. I mean, osteoporosis is a, a, a you know has a lot of causes, and so you can sort of work backwards from there genetically. Oh, okay. Uh, the third thing was a soundscape. It would be comparable to a concert hall. Um, one of the most likely ones is, is a celestial observatory. Uh, it was constructed with the sun in mind. It faced the summer and winter solstice, and that's still celebrated today. Over 20,000 people a year go for the, the solstice. And the fifth one is a team building exercise, but I don't know. I think they could probably find something better to do than that. <laughs> I don't think they were focused on employee morale back then. So. I know, but 1,500 years. I mean, I would imagine there would have had to been large gaps when they weren't doing it. Or do you think this was something that was done every day? Uh, probably every day. I mean, if they needed to build it. I mean, I, I also heard that, you know, the Celtic Druids did some sacrifices there. So, I mean... If it was a temple or a religious place, I'm sure there was an urgency to get it done. Yeah, and there's no written records. That's the thing about living right now. In, in a billion years, you could be like, okay, uh, let's look at Michael Jordan, and you could just watch everything. I mean, we can only go back 100 years or so. But you'd think there'd be something written down, or it just it's, it is strange how it's just, it got built. And I wonder if that's a finished product, what we see. Because some yeah. people say, yeah. But as impressive as it is, it seems less impressive when you see it took 1,500 years for that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jedi, do any of those sound uh, plausible to you or do you think it's something else? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the aliens, you know. <laughs> Maybe Wait, yeah, it has what's to a do... hench? What's uh, a the hench? hench. Able... It, it's the circular stones um in the circular formation and it's enclosed by a bank ditch like around that that circular as well on the outer rim so that's where the stone hedge gets its name from the hedge around the stone so this is what yeah this is what i understand they said to erect a stone they would dig a deep ditch and then they would take uh ropes and pull it up i mean i don't understand how you can pull up a 25 to 50 ton uh 50 ton stone that makes no sense to me. And the other thing is, Joe, do you know when the wheel was invented? I, I know the answer. I'm just wondering if you know. And I don't. So this was like 3000 BC to 1500. The wheel wasn't invented until the fourth century BC. Okay. So all this stuff was somehow moved without a wheel. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah. Which... I mean, like, like the, with the pyramids, too. Uh, you know, now we know that there were teams of people that were competing to build the great pyramids. Like they were literally teams and it was a competition. You know, the idea that th those things were not built by slaves. Uh, e Egypt never had slaves. Um, they, but literally they were building those. There's um, also about a dozen failed pyramids that they started to build that imploded on themselves. So 
they had been working on that stuff for a really long time and mostly failing at it. And so you look at something like Stonehenge for something that took that long, 1500 years to build. And I'm sure you're working on that. If not continuously, you know, it might sit for a few years, but for how, what a decade, say it, say it sits there for 10 years and you're not doing any work. It's not that big that it should take that long. But like you said, you know, you're doing that with giant stones and some rope bunch of, I, I, you know, I am, you know what you, you may really interested me as far as like a concert hall, but like, I could see that being some sort of ceremonial place because really by about 11,000 years ago, we were, we definitely were having uh, like centers of town in Samaria and, uh, and, and some of the ancient civilization, like in China. So that wouldn't have been out of the, out of the like grand scheme of things that that couldn't have been, you know, like a, like a meeting place of some sort for. Have you guys ever been there? I haven't yet. I haven't either, but it seems so spiritual. I mean, that's, that's why I'm leaning towards too, that it's some kind of religious site. Well, those Druids freak me out. (laughs) I'm sure. Like in a good way. way, I mean, you know, I like that vibe, but any possible reason, could it be that important for, for like a hundred generations of people be slaving over it every day? God is important to a lot of people. Yeah. And they said that it could have been done by it was kind of like they showed rocks on kind of sleds and they were pulling the sleds. Um, Another one, they had like a bunch of logs and they would roll them kind of like a wheel. Uh, And the other the other option was glaciers, which I don't really buy. Did you see that one, Jedi? Yeah, I I don't I don't buy that one either. And what do you have on Merlin? Merlin? um, Well, that's that that's the wizard <laughs> oh that merlin okay yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. the, the like... magical merlin was was a um a wizard back in britain and uh, there's a lot of legends meshed into his legends supposedly um some of his characteristics were taken from like a Scottish person. So they're not sure if he really existed or not. Uh, he was part of King Arthur's court and supposedly he moved these stones there with his magic. Or yeah, he directed I... people, his men to move these stones. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I saw that it was built somewhere else and they think he might've magically moved it uh, and right. where it is now. Um, so Joe, you know, what kind of made me think, so moving like a 50 ton stone, 180 miles, uh, I live right near old Sturbridge village. And how would you describe that? What that is to people listening? It just kind of shows how we lived what a hundred years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very, uh, uh, 19th century. Definitely got that right. vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, you go there and people are kind of actors. They're dressed like you would be then. I'm sure there's these type of things all over the place. I grew up near Plymouth Plantation. It's another one like that. So, yeah. So I got in the horse and buggy. You you just drive a little horse and buggy around Old Sturbridge Village. And I'm about 30 miles from Hartford. And I asked how Oh, they they do a little presentation. They say, okay, to get to Hartford in 1900 would take 12 to 14 hours by horse takes me a half hour takes me a half hour to get there in my car so yeah. to go 14 hours in a horse and buggy just sitting there but 
think these people are moving <laughs> a 50 ton rock 180 miles i mean that's gonna take years you would think well the worst part is too if you look at stonehenge start to peak as you get to the top so even if you were rolling logs it is all yeah. uphill <laughs> it's like uh what is that what is that hot break hill you're running the boston marathon you're like this isn't that bad then you get to the hill <laughs> oh that's thanks the, 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 the funny thing about aliens do you know aliens wasn't even in the conversation until like the 1900s <laughs> they're, like, they're in every conversation now <laughs> oh i know that, that's for sure and and another one of the things that they talk about jedi are giants giants moved it Giants move these things. So I don't even think that's that unlikely giants because if you went to North Sentinel Island and you showed them a sketch of a giraffe or an elephant, they would never think something like that's true. You know, what's to say giants couldn't have been true back then. There's yeah, there's definitely been um, evidence of uh, humans that were anywhere from eight to 10 feet tall. I would say the only thing I would want to see by Stonehenge though, then would be the bones of those giants. Because that would yeah, certainly totally. do it for me. That, but for me, yeah, that wouldn't be outside the realm of possibilities. There's um. Well, how tall Rus is Shaq? The Shaq Russian is a giant. He's uh, he's only seven feet. He would be a he'd be a little guy compared to some of these people. Yeah, but, but I'm only five foot two, so that's a giant to me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm only five foot six. That's a giant to me as well. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I I, I can buy that. The Russian steps. Uh, uh, were they think literally built by a giant race of humans? So yeah, I I, I could buy that. Oh, interesting. So the aliens, they think it could be an alien construction site, but it is funny we're talking about. I'm much more impressed by the pyramids. The, the yeah. pyramids are like number one for me. If you could go back and like know something, obviously like the grassy knoll would be cool. A few other things, but. Just to see how the pyramids were done, the, like the design on them and stuff is incredible. That would be well, hard to do now. Have more stuff. You know, they have the secret passages, the treasures, the mummified bodies. Stonehenge is just stones. <laughs> you know? You know, the yeah, another crazy thing about the pyramids was I mean, if you consider like civilization started 11,000 years ago. They were like 4,000 years into civilization, and those people literally they just started talking and living communally. They were like, we should build a giant like pyramid in the middle of the desert. Uh, and they got all those people to go out there and work on it. That's, I don't know what they said, but that's that's got to be one of the great speeches of all time. <laughs> well, you you like the like the area talking about. You would think people were like cavemen, but they're building right. pyramids. <laughs> Joe, you love this stuff, like this time period and stuff. Oh my god, yes, yep, <laughs> yep. More than animals. Um, you know, it's funny. I I I I got super in again during the pandemic. Uh, I I work late at night most of the time when my family's asleep, and so I during the day I tended to watch a lot of videos, and uh, generally it was uh, animal documentaries. And my wife made fun of me so much that I started drifting into other things just to save face. Got super Aww. into like you know the origins of the planet and all of this ancient stuff in the beginning of the civilization. And I, I'm fascinated by it. It blows my mind again, especially thinking about animals and lions and to think that humans lived in the Savannah Alongside. 
And for the yeah. love of God, like, can you imagine being uh, one of the first humans and living there? Because we are, you can compare us to any other animal, Todd. We're useless. We're like the most useless animal on the planet. First of all, dude, right? Watch a baby antelope born on the on the plains of the savannah. That thing's got yeah. like eight minutes to get on its legs and start running, or it's dead. Our yeah. our children, dude. I mean, a baby till you're like four. You can't do anything by yourself. Imagine being born in the savannah now. You'd be dead yeah. before the day was out. Yeah, okay. did you see like when when giraffes are born, like they fall like six feet and that gets them breathing and stuff and up. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I know. Jedi, a side note: I always have my hands in like a million things between like work, my kids, golf. Now I have a podcast. My friends are like, why do you do so many things? <laughs> Joe, what do you have? Joe, what do you have? 45, 46 podcasts. Yeah, I have uh, I have forty six podcasts. 12, which are live stream shows as well. So there's a whole video component to those shows. And then right. I also, well, right. Well, no, I no, also, no, no. I, I want to tell the story. I, I don't want you to, oh, yeah, to yeah. ruin my thunder. So <laughs> Joe has all these podcasts. He's like, teaches school. The other day, I, uh, what do you teach? Podcasting? Kind of uh, like radio, this. podcasting, and audio production. Yeah. Yeah, all of it. Mm -hmm. Jedi, me and Joe are friends on Facebook. The other day I see is a, I see a Facebook post from Joe. Hey, if you're looking for any houses, hit me up. I'm, I'm a realtor. I'm like, what? How are you a realtor? When do you have time for that? So Jack I'm glad you trades. asked that question. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I've actually had my real estate license since 2005. My dad was a realtor and he made me get my real estate license. And um. I really, I don't, I don't do a lot of real estate work. I have people who uh, do work for me, like a team of people. So once you become my client, like I'm mostly there uh, in a figurehead situation. And then I leave it to the real good realtors who, uh, who work at my company to really, you know, so get you a good deal. No, no, I'm not. I'm just a, I'm just a real estate agent uh, who doesn't have time to actually do stuff. <laughs> like I'll show houses, I'll show houses to friends of mine, but like, again, I don't get super involved. I don't do any of the paperwork. I have a person that does all the paperwork and stuff. Uh, I would screw it up. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm great at negotiating. That's something I, I enjoy doing, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I just, I have a team of people, but yeah. And that's hilarious. Yes, one of my many, many jobs. So, so how could could you just become a realtor in like Greenwich? How would that work? Would you like sell a house? Could you make like a half a million dollars? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, uh, I actually sold a house uh, the next town over from the one I live in, and it was to a friend of mine, and the sales price was six hundred twenty-two thousand five hundred dollars, and yeah. my cut was nine thousand nine hundred ninety-one dollars. Mm. So I mean that that's pretty damn good. But what about if you live in Greenwich? Could, I mean, yeah, everyone want to be the realtor there. How oh, of course. Uh, I have friends who uh, literally started in Hartford County and have all moved down to Fairfield County to really focus their career. Literally, are moving to go do real estate in the in the Greenwich Fairfield area. Yeah, Jedi, you should see these houses. I mean, it's like it's got to be the top couple mansions in, in the country. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's all gated communities, and Dave Weiss lives there. And Baba Booey. Oh, Dave. <laughs> yeah, so I think Dave Dave's um, Flat Earth app is probably doing pretty good. I feel like Dave Weiss is new money, though, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> <laughs> no, he, um... I like Dave Weiss. I, I so gotta do tell I. You, you know what? Listen, anybody who I don't think he's full of shit. I, I, you know, I, we've sort of debated this before. I really feel like something happened, and that guy was like, "Bamo, I see it now." And I really do think he really believes everything that he says. Oh, I do too. I do. Well, and I, respe- I respect that. Right to to carry it on this long. I mean, after a while, the holes will show, right? If you don't believe it, he just seems so certain. No matter right. what you say to him, like he's unwavering. I I respect that. I don't right. agree with anything he says, but <laughs> right. I respect Joe, the hell out of it. PowerPoint presentation ready to go. No matter what question, <laughs> I've never. Dude, I've never seen anything like that. And if you're going to debate somebody, yeah. that's how you want to do it. You want to have yeah. a PowerPoint where anytime they say a buzzword, you're like, bam, let me tell you about a 102-year-old Rose from Waterbury, <laughs> Connecticut, who studied Flat Earth. And, yeah, okay. That was amazing. And again, really well done uh, yeah. by Dave Weiss. Right. Just a, an amazing <laughs> effort for, for me. From a production standpoint, I was very impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. So, Jedi, do you have anything else on Stonehenge? Uh, no, I mean, other than what, what did, what did you think it could be? I mean, I, I'm definitely the aliens on my radar. I don't see how these things were moved. I, I don't understand how they can be moved 180 miles. I mean, it's going to be years to move like one, but it took 1,500 years. So, who knows? Here's a stupid thought. Is it possible that the water level was higher and that maybe they were able to canal stuff in almost kind of like ship it in? That's what they said, that some of the stones were put on rafts or something and then shipped in. But how do you construct a raft that big to hold that much weight? Solid yeah. point, because I was thinking about moving it on a barge, but you wouldn't have a barge back then, would you? <laughs> yeah, no. no barge. My other thought, though, is is if this was from some advanced alien civilization, Todd, as I put up the overhead picture of Stonehenge, <laughs> I think they could do a lot better than that. Yeah. No, like that totally. doesn't scream. That doesn't scream superior intelligent race to me. Yeah, right. It looks like like a baby aliens like, like play playpen or something. A board game, right? For yeah. the aliens. That is not doing it for me. Not at Jenga. all. If aliens yeah. did that, I would think they wouldn't even want us like that was like some crude early shit that they did. And they're like, No, 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 we didn't do that. Don't that wasn't us. Uh, someone else. So Jedi, after we did this research, do you still want to visit there? I do because I'm fascinated. I, I like to see stuff, you know, up close in person myself. Yeah. And just to be around other people that find it exciting would be kind of cool. You wouldn't want to go there and check it out? No, no, I think I would. I think I would. But like I said, I'm a little less impressed the more I've been looking at it and stuff. <laughs> no, but for 1500 years and then you look at like the finished prod product and that's what it is i mean i understand it's impressive to get the the horizontal pieces on top i mean i'd like to know that but there's this guy called wally wallington did you see that guy on youtube jedi is is that the one he moved the the large stones and he was able to do it without wheels or just rocks and leverage yeah he's like a 60 year old man he can move like twenty thousand 
pound pieces with like he puts like a pebble under it and he moves it. Did you see the giant barn that he moved? Yeah, I saw that. So so it is possible. It is possible to move those stones with just a human's force. If he could do it, he was only one man, right? No, I know, but how did we go 5,000 years and then there's just one guy on YouTube that knows that way? <laughs> wouldn't, why wouldn't everyone know this? Well, do you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, uh, again, to be a super dork, Julius Caesar crossed the Rhine River into Germany with his troops, and there was no bridge going across the Rhine River, so they built one, they went across, they routed the Germans a little bit, and then as they came back across, they deconstructed the bridge. Oh, wow. And the time in which it took and the way they built the bridge, they say that technology isn't even something that they could do today. They have no idea how they did that. And it's one of the great mysteries of the ancient world. That's what wow. I'm fascinated about. You know, and then, you know, going to Italy and seeing all the sculptures, how smooth these sculptures are. Like, you know, what, what is that statue? David? Statue of David and yeah. the accuracy of the muscles and the features. I mean, that's amazing. I, I if no human can replicate that now, maybe it was aliens. Who knows? <laughs> so, Joe, let me ask you a question. In the year three thousand, say, do you think people will be talking about the nineteen hundreds? Like that was the year where like everything happened, like cars, rocketry, computers, cell phones. Or do you think there'll be so much more stuff that it won't be like that? I think they would be confused. I mean, because there's too much information out there that's wrong. But just think about the last hundred years. Everything. Well, right. Again, like 1945 jumps out at me immediately for World War II. And like, right, like the 60s, 68, the the civil rights uh, movement in the United States. That's a big one. Um, The 80s just in general. Um, yeah, I uh, uh, 1999, the Y2K thing, I think that'll be something. I think 2016 will certainly uh, be in the history books. 2020, the COVID thing <laughs> will be. But yeah, I mean, a I'm lot talking, of it's going get, to get yeah, glazed I'm over. More like, I'm talking more like inventions, like the well, car, yeah. the Dude, radio, by 3,000, I would assume in 900 years, I think we'll be different. I think we'll have evolved into something different than what we are now. I think our eyes will be different. I think our fingers will be thinner. It's going to be a lot more conducive to longer fingers, longer thumbs. Our bodies will adapt to the evolution. Well, this whole new thing that what Mark Zuckerberg is trying to create the metaverse. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going in that direction. It doesn't take long for for evolution to to kick in and for adaptations to take place. And since, I mean, literally, dude, everybody's everybody's on this thing now. I don't I don't see how we won't slowly evolve to, you know, the the strongest genes will be people that can work this bad boy really good. (laughs) So our eyesight will be keener, um, like you said, you know, our fingers. I bet you'll be able to see better at night, right? you know, looking at bright screen, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it'll evolve, which is scary, but yeah, that's so weird. Joe, let me ask you a question. So I know you know a lot about animals now. Say, for instance, I was watching a show. They were talking about this fish that is a certain color because it's that color because it needs to be camouflaged. Someone had to have created that. What do you think that how do you think that started? 
Like, what do you mean? Like, why does this thing have a horn to protect it from this? Like, I feel like someone had to have made this. How does it, how do things, how do animals have things for like specific reasons? Yeah, well, again, so uh, we talked about the elephants, and and I was telling you that um, a lot of the elephants not born in Africa have smaller tusks because large tusks used to be the dominant males for elephants, but they are the ones that get killed by poachers. And so now the the it's the it's the elephants with shorter tusks that are doing the breeding because the ones with the long tusks are dead. And literally within the last 30 years, you're seeing just uh, that's the new pattern uh, evolutionary wise in elephants is smaller tusks. Literally just yes, literally just responding to that threat to them. It's better for them to not have that. They don't know that. Yeah, they have no idea. But again, the genes that are being passed right now in elephants are ones with smaller tusks because those aren't the ones poachers are going after more likely to mate. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's weird. You know, there's actually um, there's some people who live in some islands in the archipelago who um, are able to walk across the bottom of the water and fish. For oh, yeah, I saw that. They can hold their breath for up to seven minutes. Now, those people, they've only been there for a couple thousand years, um, and they've evolved to where... Um, their hands are a little more webby like, a little more, you know, a little more conducive to swimming in the water. And again, to be able to hold your breath for seven minutes. And they can dive to, deeper, right? Than the average yeah, man. They've got better buoyancy than regular humans because, uh, again, in that short amount of time, evolution has made the adaptation. So, again, who's going to survive in that village? The guy that can hold his breath the longest. Yeah. And so those are the genes that are getting passed. And it, it I don't. Th- I don't think people really understand how important your genes are, and that yes. you know a disease is literally just a glitch in the matrix. If you have a disease, a tumor, that's just that your DNA coding starts to um, go a little haywire, and it makes a mistake, and it starts replicating the mistake, and that's a tumor or that's cancer. Everything about us is based on genes. It can. I mean, the, the stuff they can do with science. In, in figuring out what your future children are going to look like is insane. But that's oh, where yeah. we're at. Yeah. But yeah, that's like what they did to... with the Stonehenge rocks. They, I mean, they, they found out where, you know, the exact quarry was by doing, you know, geochemical tests on them. And they found out where they are, these rocks originated from. So I thought that was fascinating that they could go back that far. And apparently there's like a geochemical fingerprint when you break down the stone. And then you can tell how old the stone is. That's ins- that's crazy. That, that's I, crazy. I, 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 it's another thing I was reading about recently was, you know, they've been able to uh, update carbon dating, which I know a lot of people are like that ah, sounds like such bullshit. They're always making changes. <laughs> but part of the reason is they were able to figure out there was this catastrophic volcano eruption and the sediment in the dirt. You can literally see where the sediment changes. And so they can tell like, all right, so if this happened, you know, 30,000 years ago, everything underneath it has to be older than 30,000 years ago. And so that's how they're able to push dates back on these things uh, so substantially sometimes is because they come across really solid evidence literally going through the ground. And you know, it's funny, Todd, I think I told you this when I first met you, I used to not believe in dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. right. And I will say this, I was partially right because, you know, now we know they had feathers and they weren't scaly lizards or whatever. 
Uh, so we're learning a lot more about the actual origins of the dinosaurs. But somebody had recently asked why they only started finding dinosaur bones in the 1900s. And it's because, well, who the hell thought to look for them? Right. Nobody knew that was a thing until we started finding them. And and if you want to say the first findings were fake, how would you explain the like 50,000 findings since then? You know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and don't they? Yeah. And don't it's they crazy, say like, you know, nine, Yeah. No, sorry, sorry. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, it, it, you have to be able to wrap your mind around how old this galaxy is and how old I this know. planet is and how long things have been here and how much evolution has happened. There's been five catastrophic events that have happened on this planet already. The sixth one already, now the scientists are saying the sixth one's uh, in the process here. So, and we still and, and didn't they, reach any, yeah. everything in the ocean either, right? We still didn't find everything that had to be found in the ocean. Yep. Uh, imagine the Pacific Ocean and how massive it is. They've, they've probably explored about 10% of that thing. There's so much of our ocean that we have not been able to explore. You look at the polar caps and all the water under there. We've never, we don't know what's in there. We've never even looked. Have you ever seen that strange uh, fish near the oil rig? It was like a giant squid with the bendy legs. You've seen that Jedi? No. Oh, it was on. I remember uh, the Joe... three eyed fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that the Simpsons predicted. Oh. <laughs> Joe, real quick. I know we're going to wrap this up. See if you can find that. It's a, it's like a strange fish on oil rig. It was like a. Looked like a giant squid. Well, you th- Dude, as soon as I wrote in gi- a giant squid near and went oil rig. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Curious oh, if you can pull that up. Right. Like, what like, is what- this alien? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like, look this up if you're listening. It's pretty cool. Oh, this is, uh, geez. Oh, I'm so this curious on- now. Jedi, give me a second here. This is almost a little unnerving when you look this thing in the face. Yeah, it's like this thing is something that no one knew about, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, wow. That looks, looks like, like it came straight alien. out of hell. Right. And that's just a um a picture. There is video of it moving around. And that's so it looks like a marionette or something. <laughs> Look with how a, long a, the Yeah, dude, that that head though, that head is creeping yeah. me out. Yeah. Wow. It looks like a deer head on a long, like you said, marionette string. <laughs> oh, creepo. So, Joe, don't they say like 99.9% of all animals are extinct, like from when they first like were created? That's that's crazy. Yep. Well, yeah, when you consider uh-huh. there's like 50 million species of insects on the planet currently to think that 99.9% wipe that it is that is insane to think about. Is it true? Uh, I other- heard that if there were no bees, we would all die. I, I it would probably cause a famine. Uh, I think eventually, evolution-wise, you would learn people would adjust before I think the end happened. But it, it would be bad. It would cause a severe drought. Yeah, I hate bees. So when you were talking about how how important genes are, Joe, I am Swedish. I go to Swedish parties. My mother makes Swedish coffee bread. Uh, we talk to our Swedish cousins. Everything. My sister got the um, Ancestry.com test. And That's so we were all guessing, but like 80% Swedish, 20% Italian. My sister got it back. 
Irish. (laughs) (laughs) My whole family is like, what, what is going on? There's no way we know. I mean, our grandparents' last names are Swedish names, the double R's. We meet our cousins, but for some reason we are mostly Irish. And then it was like 15% Scandinavian, which would be Swedish, a couple percent Italian. But it's just so funny. We've lived our whole lives not knowing this. And of course, my sister goes out right away and gets a, a four-leaf clover tattoo. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. One of my one of my buddies, uh, he's always they've always believed they were Native Americans. And uh he in his uh, his house, he's got a few Native American murals on the wall. Uh, and they recently did their ancestry, and they are not Native American. They are actually African American. And they're very white-looking people, and they were very surprised by that. But, yeah, man, doing that ancestry stuff, uh, you you might be in for a surprise. I'm not Not doing that. Not a Tommy (laughs) Her surprise, but a surprise (laughs) nonetheless. And, by the way, the teammate was Tito Landrum. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's who right. was, uh, yeah, like a backup outfielder uh, for many years with the Cardinals. So uh, remember last, yeah, on last week in the Chris Hansen episode, speaking of uh, what Tommy Hurd's reaction must have been like, when you're walking in thinking it's going to be the best moment of your life. <laughs> 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 and all oh of a sudden. God. But um, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, Jedi and myself, we've been under the weather, so sorry if this was a little short on the Stonehenge, but we found it kind of interesting. Uh, I get a good one for next week, Jedi. I'll talk to you about it after. Yeah, so that about does it. Uh, we'll see you next week, and Jedi, send us off. And Mark's the end is here once again. If you're leaving just as confused as we are, you're not alone. We still don't know what the Stonehenge is. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.